Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Okay, did you read the books that you dreamed of reading this season? Well, actually, I think I did. I had a, I had a summer reading list kind of loosely planned out, and one of the ones I really wanted to read, I actually did, which was Love Does by Bob Goff. I, you know, I have not read that one, but I, I heard that that was a great book. And I've heard him speak. Well, and so did you at the Leadership Summit. And I think we've also heard him at, at church. And his passion and just, there's, so, I really do want to read that book. So you're going to have to, that, that's the problem though. So many of us are reading on Audible or Kindle and we can't trade books, even though I know there's a way to do that on Kindle. Um, it's just easier to throw the hardcover book, you know, at people. And it's also interesting, the different cultures Mm -hmm. in in families with books. I just spent the weekend with a large part of my family. We went up north and stayed in a cabin. And I was laughing. I noticed just the conversations um, that many times it, it revolved around a book. And as a matter of fact, one of my nephews, he's a pastor in Ireland, he would walk in a room and start talking to someone and go, so what, what book are you currently reading? I thought, okay, that's his opening question, how that, that really is a part of our, our culture in our family. And yet for others, they don't even talk about books, which is kind of foreign to you and I. I know. Okay. But I want you to hold that thought. Don't go too far because I want to hear what book you are currently reading. But before we, we get into all that, we just want to remind everyone that you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips. T- gosh, that was <laughs> tips and tricks on our website at girl. You have to be careful with that at girlfriended.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, just like we were talking about, a good story, when you you get into a good book, it can be such a catalyst for greatness. And I know you and I, Lise, we talk about this quite a bit, that we've had so many books in our lives that have inspired and influenced us uh, just with some of the great authors. And we spent a lot of time just trying to um, challenge our listeners to get into a great book. Uh, it, it has a way of opening up a, a whole new world. And um, just speaking about getting into books and stories, I want to hear more about some of your stories from the summertime. Well, this summer, you and me have, I don't think we've seen each other for almost a couple of months, which is so unusual. But yet, we are both kind of doing our own things um, this summer. It took us to lands far, far away, and we were sending each other pictures and um, kind of rubbing it in where one of us was and one of us wasn't, as I recall, which well, is so fun about summer. But the thing about summer... I was sending you a picture. I, I thought it was so cool because I thought my story would top your story. 
um, of kayaking with this huge, like a bald eagle uh, right above my head. I mean, it, it literally, I, I was, I started to cry because it was such a majestic picture. And then of course you send me a picture of your husband, Cal, with the, um, the leader of corn. And <laughs> I was like, all right, you win. But I want to hear more about that. Tell us a little bit about that. He, he's the, um, he's in the band corn and he has an incredible testimony. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, this summer we were, uh, one of the many places we went to was, it was a convention and, um, my husband was a speaker and, and so was, um, Brian Head Welch, who is the lead singer with the group corn, which seems like such an unlikely cause it was a conference for, um, you know, for Christians and pastors and a bunch of people. And it was a large conference. And um, it was interesting because Brian was, was he was on right before my husband. And, you know, you, you think of the, the group corn, and you don't associate that with a, a, in a Christian context. But that's what I love about it. And this guy, I was so pleasantly surprised. I've read things about him and how he's had this, you know, transformation in his life. And he now, you know, is a Jesus follower and, and a strong believer. And he actually has, he, he quit the group for a while, kind of just, well, he was kind of finding himself and, and finding God. And now he's gone back as a lead singer with Korn. And, and I was influencing other people just in that music industry and some of the, the big, you know, rock uh, metal bands and different ones. And his story was so fascinating. I mean, he, he totally looked the part of a of a rock star, you know, the kind of the long hair dreadlocks and the, you know, inked. And his heart was so, uh, his heart just shone. And you could just tell the compassion and just, um, just the tenderness there, yet he was really living on the edge still. And it was just really great to be able to be there with him. And, um, yeah, it's just fun to, you know, be able to take the picture with, you know, have Cal and Brian because, two, you know, one of us isn't like the other. So it was kind of fun. How long has he um, been a <laughs> While you were watching, while, while you're watching your bald eagle. <laughs> how, how long has Brian been a believer and how did he get to know the Lord? Uh, um, you would ask me that, wouldn't you? Cause that was many. Yeah. Um, it was, it's through a series just of, um, God kind of getting his attention. He had a daughter and just life, you know, where you kind of go, this is not the life I had planned. And it wasn't as glamorous as you think. And somebody had started talking to him. Somebody had influenced him and started talking to him. And, you know, it's, it's like, it was time. God had his heart and had it open. So, um, it was just a cool, cool story because sometimes we look at people and we think, oh, they would never believe. And you just don't know what God does in a person's heart and how God, once he gets a hold of a person's heart, how he totally can transform that and amazing things can happen. And, and gosh, who better than, you know, Brian to start being an example to other people in that, you know, in that industry. So it's just cool just to see. And, you know, as you, as you and me love to hear stories and love to talk to different people and just see what God is doing and what they're doing in their life and how they're truly living it intentionally, which is what we're all about is helping others to live really intentionally, giving them those unique experiences. And that's what summer always represents. And I know you told me years ago that you owned summer and you, it's like your favorite favorite season of the year. Mine's Christmas, but I love summer too, but you all, you own it. So I tried to this year, try to claim a little bit of it back from you. And I don't know if that worked or not. <laughs> well, it 
Uh, I remember when BJ Thomas became a Christian and I had some friends that went to his concert and they were, they were a little disappointed that he didn't make a bigger deal about, you know, becoming a believer at his concert. And I just, I found that interesting because so many times as Christians, it's exactly what you said. It's about, um, just letting your light shine. Like you said, his heart was just so there and it's not always the words. Like they expected BJ Thomas to all of a sudden start singing Christian songs and writing Christian lyrics or, or whatever. And it's like, okay, you, you are there, you know, we are in this world to be a light. It doesn't always have to be as overt as becoming a pastor. And so I just think it's so neat to, um, to be able to see how these lead singers, they just keep doing what they're doing, but obviously their lives have been transformed. Well, and you know, it's, it's interesting because we're talking about summer travels. We're talking about books and reading and, you know, people's stories. And, um, it kind of goes back to how do we learn? And, and I know for you and me, because we love books, we, we gobble them up, but books are a great mentor. I mean, they're a great way to, to stretch yourself, to, to challenge you. And, and, and so are hearing somebody's story is such a great way. And, you know, and just experiencing life. And, and summer is such a great season to just um, kind of force you and give you the opportunity to step out and get away and do something different. Because as we know, you get out of your routine in summer, you know, the kids are out of school, everything's different in the summer. And so it, sometimes it's a great opportunity to truly get out of that box and, and experience something different. And so, okay, so Patty, what are some of the books when you're with your, your family, um, some of the books that, that they were reading that you guys were talking about? Well, um, the, the last one, of course, The Prodigal God by Timothy Keller has been a, a hit, and um, pretty much 80% of my family has, has read that one. We just love Timothy Keller. But um, Bonhoeffer has been one that I would say 40% of the family, they've read through, and there's actually a, I would, I would highly recommend that book, but there's another like shorter version of it because it gets very, very detailed. But the, the latest one has been Unbroken and that's by Lauren Hillebrand. And, and I know they're even making a movie and um, the, the guy that they're writing about in the, the, the book, he just recently passed away. And I want to say he was like 98 years old, but that is a fascinating story um, that, I, I just now am opening that one up because they all kept talking about it and just saying just how incredible it is. But I have to say, for me personally, the one I'm really excited about is Francine Rivers has a new book that's out, and it's called Bridge to Haven. That's her newest one. Um my, my sister just finished that one, said it gets pretty steamy at times, which is kind of interesting, um, especially for Francine Rivers. But uh, hey, I think I can handle it. So I'm excited about reading those two bo books. Well, I know we just have a couple of minutes, Lise, but tell us which ones that you had. I liked how you said it loosely on your summer list. Yeah, loosely, because, you know, you always are, you want to, you, like you and me, it was like, I don't know how many people are like us, but we start several books, have several books going at one time, because somebody will say, oh, I'm reading this book, it's so great, and you're like, okay, I want to start that one, so I generally have like three books, but you, you mentioned earlier about, you know, there's different ways to read now, and Audible, and um, my husband and I actually, because we were traveling, we were in the car, we actually listened to a classic called Jane Eyre, and that was fat, it was a 17-hour um 
Audible, but it was so great. And, and just so many great ways to read now. Speaking of reading, the more that you read, the more things you will know, the more that you learn, the more places you'll go. And you'll never guess who said that. Dr. Seuss. And he's one of my favorite, you know, um, philosophers, and I love him. But we're talking about reading. When we come back, we're going to be joined by author Robin Lee Hatcher, and you're going to want to hear her story. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mommy to Mogul radio show, empowering women to build a successful business, invites you to join her on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. At the ripe age of five, she was already interpreting information in documents and instructions on forms for her immigrant parents. Now, through her experience and those of her guests, she provides you with valuable stuff to empower you to reach financial independence. Martha A. Sanchez is a registered nurse with a Bachelor in Nursing and Master's of Business Administration. She's a business coach, speaker, author, and CEO of Moss International, LLC. Her diverse work experience brings you expertise in areas essential to customer service, social media, and budgeting. The Mommy to Mogul radio show furthers her personal mission of empowering women to help them build successful businesses so they can reach financial Financial independence. Join Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mommy to Mogul Radio Show, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to our show. We are going to be talking today with best-selling novelist Robin Lee Hatcher. And Robin is known for her heartwarming and emotionally charged stories of faith, courage, and love. After 15 years writing for the general fiction market and a change in her own heart, Robin began to write stories that included her Christian faith and values. She is the winner of the Christie, the Rita, the Carol, the Inspirational Reader's Choice, and many other awards. She is also a recipient of the prestigious Lifetime Achievement Award from both Romance Writers of America in 2001 and American Christian Fiction Writers in 2014. And Robin is the author of over 70 novels and novellas. Uh, Robin, it is great to have you with us on the show today. 
Well, Robin's taking a, a scenic route to our show, Patty. <laughs> Do you have me? That. I, um, I love I, I love live radio because you never know. I it's it's, it's expect the unexpected. <laughs> yes. um, okay, so you're going to have to talk to me. If you would like to interview me, you can feel free. If you want to ask me the question that you intended for Robin, go for it. I am going to ask you the question. Um, I, we were once again. We were talking this weekend about books and writing and hitting your your goals for the summer. And um, you know what? Now, since we are on live radio, we do have Robin on. So, Robin, I'm going to go ahead and ask you the question. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on your program. Yes. Well, you just missed a fabulous introduction of you. So I hope you know we just said how wonderful you are and um, all about your fabulous novels that you just, you're an author of 70 of them. And we want to pick your brain on your latest book that's out there. But I have to ask you a question. We're just going to jump right in. Um, We were talking about Seinfeld, uh, how Someone asked him a question on how he came up with these, you know, as a writer with all these fabulous shows. And I thought it was interesting because he said he put a huge calendar on the wall and he wanted the discipline to write every single day because he knew the only way he was going to get better was to do it daily. And it goes back to, I know Lisa and I, we we talk about this all the time about the outliers, that 10,000 hours, Um, but he would just have an X on the calendar so he could finally look at the calendar and his goal was to have every day have an X on there. And so I was wondering, uh, Robin, do you do something like that where you just have to have that discipline? Because so many times we think, oh, I'm going to write when I have this big section of time rather than just going, no, I'm going to write every single day. So that was my, my question of the, of the hour. Well, I don't have exactly a, a calendar, but I do keep track of my production of words every day, um, and I pretty much write six days a week. There was a day uh, or a time in my career when I also wrote on Sundays because my husband uh, worked for the airlines, and so he often had to work on Sundays. So I'd come home from church, and the house was empty, and so it was just easy to just migrate to the computer. And I finally decided that I needed to also adhere to the discipline of having a day of rest because we need a day of rest. Um, But pretty much I do write um, six days a week. And one piece of advice that I give to new writers is that if you write one page per day, you will have a 365-page manuscript at the end of a year. So if you keep that in mind, that um, just steadily writing, uh, you will reach your goal, even if it has to be done in small snatches of time. When I started writing, I had a full-time job and and two um, preteens, and um, so I I had a very set schedule of I'd come home from work, fix dinner while the girls did the dishes, I'd go down and write in the evenings, Uh, weekends were safe for family. Um, so I had to be very disciplined about when when I was going to be in my office. I like your your um, advice to new writers is if you write one page every day, by the end of the year, you have a 365-page book. 
And it, it really is about breaking whatever task you're doing, whether it's writing or whatever, down into doable segments. So many times we look at something and we see the whole big um, project in front of us and it, it overwhelms us. And I know for me, a lot of times it paralyzes me and I don't even know how to start and I don't start because it's overwhelming. But if you can truly break it down, like you just said, just write, just write one page a day or, you know, what, like I said, whatever project you're doing, just do one thing every day to your goal. And before you know it, you've arrived. So that's just a great reminder to just, you know, break things down and just do something and do something little. But the discipline too, having to be very, very intentional with that. I know Katty and I were just talking about summer and summer adventures and travels and how summer is a great time to a lot of times take you out of your routine and let you kind of see life differently. And I know for, for me, that's a great way to get ideas because you just, you're, cause life is different and you see things with a different lens or you have a different conversation. How do you get your ideas and your creativity for, I mean, 70 bucks, that is amazing to keep having something fresh all the time. What, how, does that, how do you get your inspiration and creativity? You know, ideas come in, in just hundreds of different ways. You never know what will uh, spark uh, an interest in in the reader or in the writer's mind, um, so it, it that's really hard to answer because you can be reading the newspaper or see something on the news or um, be researching something for your current project and have something in a in a reference book um, take you off in another direction. Uh, I've had books begin with dreams and and um, and some of mine just have no clue where the idea comes from. Um, but you learn to be attentive to those ideas. You learn um, to, what I call it, play angel's advocate instead of devil's advocate. You you look at all the reasons mm. why something might work uh, and don't discard everything right out of hand. Um, I, I have a group of women that I meet with every summer, writers, and we brainstorm books. That's my favorite part of writing is, is brainstorming. Um, and it's always more fun to brainstorm somebody else's book because you don't have the responsibility of actually making it work. <laughs> so, um, exactly. But for yourself, you have to get the ideas and take them in and filter them through and say, okay, what is really going to work in a story and what won't? Um, and you just have to stay open to inspiration, um, which is what I always try to do. Which is so hard um, to stay open. I like the word attentive. Yes, you really have to be attentive. It's so hard to um, Mm -hmm. stay open for that inspiration because I know for even when I'm just writing smaller, um, you know, things for, for the radio, you keep going back and tweaking and tweaking and tweaking. So you start getting into that where you're refining rather than being creative. Um, and, and so even the, like you were saying, if you just write every day that you would have, you know, 360 plus pages, which I, I'm laughing because you have 70 books and I know you're not 70 years old. So you were obviously doing uh, double and triple time. And then to be able to go back and tweak all of that is, is just phenomenal. So how do you, do you try to just get all, you know, start writing the plot and then start going back and, and refining 
Um, or is it hard to not, you know, I always want to refine it before I go on to the next step. I, I'm a seat of the pants writer, meaning I, um, I start with the opening scene. Sometimes I know the ending. Sometimes I just have a, a vague idea of where I'm headed. Uh, for me, writing is getting up every morning and getting to discover what happens next. Um, I, I describe the process of being a seat of the pants writer like driving at night with the lights of your car. You can't see all the way down the highway on a dark night, but you can see just as far as the, as the headlights um, hit the road out there. So that's the way that I work, and that's what makes it fun for me. Um, it's very hard for me to tell people how many drafts of a book I do because I am somebody that is constantly sort of um, picking at my book as I go along and tweaking things and, and refining as I, as I go back and read and, and then um, I'm getting ready to write new words. Um, so I, I, my guess is that I probably do three or four drafts of a book. I used to um, be able to tell because I always printed out what I had written, and um, when I revised a page, that page got printed again, um, but those days are gone. I do everything on the computer, and so in the old days, I used to go through reams and reams and reams of paper, and I don't, I don't have that gauge anymore, uh, but I would say I probably do at least three or four drafts as I work my way through. So when's the... F- how soon have you finished a book? Like, what would be your your fastest book that you ever wrote? And then, what is your longest book? And we only have two minutes here, uh, Robin, to go ahead and answer that question. Uh, well, I think the book that I wrote the fastest, not counting novellas, but a full length book, I think I probably have written one in three months. Um, they usually take um, more like five to six months. Um, but um, in in the past, I oftentimes would write two full-length novels and one novella in, in a year's time. Hmm. Well, I like what you said, is you do the angel's advocate instead of devil's advocate. So everything's a possibility and looking with that. And that's a great perspective, just in life on, on so many different levels, is, as, is running with the possibilities and not you know, not cutting it off too soon and just seeing where it can lead you and, and seeing it through. And um, it, it's a challenge just listening to you because I realize how many times I don't allow my imagination to just develop and run forward. I, I cut it off too soon because something interrupts, life interrupts or whatever, and you just kind of cut it off. But really, as a writer, you have to allow your imagination to just keep going forward. So that is I, I just even like that tip walking away with going, okay, I got to let my imagination go just a little bit at more just in life and it just, in, you know, anything that you're involved in. Well, Robin, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we'll be talking more um, with you and about your newest book, The Heart's Pursuit, and just kind of what was involved with that and kind of the message you want your readers to walk away with. We'll be right back. This 
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is Toginet, Cutting Edge Radio. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show. On Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Robin Lee Hatcher and Hatcher's latest novel, The Heart's Pursuit, will definitely move your heart. It's set in the Old West with a jilted bride and a toughened bounty hunter as its center. And this story addresses trust and forgiveness. The story is one delightful read filled with tender romantic moments. So Robin, um, you need to give us some more scoops about The Heart's Pursuit. Tell us your favorite part. Um, the Heart's Pursuit is, um, I think it really harkens back to um, an old-fashioned Western. It's it's kind of different from what I uh, usually write um, because it's, it's a chase book, and um, it's most of the time just the two main characters, Silver and Jared. Um, I think it's a little like um, a Louis L'Amour novel instead of uh, my more Americana set historicals. I had a lot of fun um, taking the characters on a, on a journey all the way from Colorado to Nevada. Uh, the story takes place in the 1870s, so it's in the aftermath of the Civil War, which also comes in a little bit to the story. Okay, I, I'm going to do you... I'm going to jump tracks here, and um, sorry, Lisa, I just like am, am barreling over you. I, I know there's a lot of hoopla right now with the Fifty Shades of Grey, and as an author, and especially when you're talking about uh, romance, you know, moments, and they, it sounds like these are just like, you know, tenderhearted, how do you feel when you just read some of the synopsis of what's going on with Fifty Shades of Grey, and now there's this... It, you know, it's this epidemic in, in the movies. It's supposed to be one of the number one best-selling movies that's going to be coming out. Um, how how do you feel about that, Robin? Well, um, you know, I began my career in the general romance market, so certainly I've been very aware of the changes that have um, continued to come. This is um, this is not a sudden. Um, situation 
Um, this has been, uh, you know, coming in, in books for a long time. Um, and our society has just become more and more open to uh, more explicit and, um, well, anyway, it's, it's, it's distressing. And so I enjoy being able to tell a story um, that is romantic, that shows a, a, a development between the hero and the heroine, uh, how their hearts change towards, towards each other. Um, one of my frustrations when I was working for the general market was that I couldn't bring in the faith aspect, which is uh, which is very important um, to have. Um, we are more than just our physical urges or our mental thoughts, and um, so as God drew me into a closer relationship with Him. He also drew me out of the career that I had had, and um, I have enjoyed being able to explore all the parts of who we are as a as a human being: uh, the physical, the the emotional, um, and the faith uh, walks. They're all important to the stories, and and they're all important to us as human beings. Um, and I love to be able to tell stories for people that they can pick up and not have to worry about whether or not there's going to be um, bad language or, or sexual situations that they don't want um, on the screen, uh, as, as I think of it. I so agree. I, I, we had a, an opportunity to interview Michael Landon Jr. because he was coming out with a new Hallmark movie um, from Jeanette Oakes. And I really do think that there are so many of us that are craving just that, just exactly what your your book, what you're writing, um, just that sweet, tender romance where you don't have all the explicit sex. I mean, we're, we're getting so far, the pendulum is swinging into this bondage, into this crazy, crazy, creepy stuff that's going on out here. And we, we're in a culture right now, I know I have college-age kids and, and a little younger, um, they call it the hookup culture where it's all about um you're not properly falling in love you're just having this it's all about who you're going to you know basically who you're going to hook up with or sleep with which hooking up to us just meant going out for coffee hooking up in this culture has a whole different meaning and i i love it that we can swing the pendulum back to show and and have our readers just see what it's like to fall in love just in a, in a way that, that God intended um, for us to fall in love. So uh, what have in any of your, when you're meeting in your book clubs, what is the conversation like when you talk about Fifty Shades of Grey and um, are, are you trying more to maybe make it a little bit more steamier, or are you going to stay true to how you write? Oh, no. I, you know, I, I came out of the general market where they, they required steamier. <laughs> and, and so it was too wonderful for me to not. Um, I, I found, found that mostly boring more than anything else. Um, so I, I would never try to do that. I, I want to be honest about situations. Um, we we have all the same 
desires and, and emotions um, as people of faith as anybody else does. But we, what we have to do is choose to live in a God-honoring manner. Um, so, uh, you know, that one of the things that I believe, and, and so it makes its way into most of my books, is that uh, you know, falling in love is like that roller coaster ride, and and we can't control that. When when we fall for someone, it's it's uh, an emotional thing that um, <laughs> makes us actually even tired, wears us down. It's a it it squeezes all the energy out of us because it's so consuming. But but the act of love, the the love that's involved in a in a marriage, in a lifelong relationship, that's a decision. That's a decision we make every day to get up every morning and love the person that, that we are united with. Um, and I don't know about you, but I'm not always um, easy to love. <laughs> Sometimes I can be a very difficult person. And and so I'm glad that my husband and I uh, do get up in the morning and choose to love the other person uh, and not just depend on the emotions because the emotions of love, um, those ebb and flow. Well, I just want to put it out there that I'm always easy to love, Robin, mm. so I cannot relate to what you're saying. <laughs> I'm so but, glad for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know Lisa's rolling your eyes right now. And, um, and Robin, sh- I just want to remind that you do live in a land far, far away. So, you know, you are a character in a story and that's why we love you. (laughs) But, but you just started a whole different conversation because now our sound engineer is saying how easy she is to love too. So (laughs) Um, I so agree with what you're saying, Robin. I, I, I don't know what it's going to take for you know, these books to get into the hands where people want to crave them and just gobble them up as much as the fury took place with the the Fifty Shades of Grey. So tell us um, what, will you give yourself a break before you start writing on your next book? Or are you already, already typing away? Oh, no, I'm always typing away. Um, the, the, the deadlines are always rushing towards me. So I'm, I'm always at work. Um, I have a new book that comes out in November and the book I'm working on trying to finish this month, uh, comes out next spring. Um, so there is, there is always a book in progress. And what book will you be reading in between your writing? You know, I, I always have, a a book going, um, on audio. So it's always with me when I'm driving in the car or, um, in traction at the chiropractors, which is probably because of all my hours in the, in the, de- at the desk chair. Um, and then I always have, uh, a novel, uh, on my e-reader next to my bed. So I, I read as I go to sleep then. So usually I've got two books going at a time right now. The audio book that, um, I'm listening to is, Beautiful Nate, which is uh, a nonfiction book about a young man who um, lost the battle with drugs and died at the age of, of 27. Um, his his father actually attends the same church that that I attend, and um, so it's it's been a very emotional story to just um, know this, um, read back all the way to the past um, about this family. 
Uh, and then the book I'm reading on my bedstand is actually a book that will publish next spring. I'm reading it for endorsement. That's cool. Well, you know, I, when you were saying you have a, uh, you're writing a book, you got one coming out in November and one coming out next spring. How do you keep all the thoughts and all the characters um, just be able to, to, to keep the plots and everything separated? Is that a challenge or do you do best when you're multitasking? You know, I, I think what makes it easy for me is that my characters are very real individuals to me and they they don't move from one book to the other they're they're very unique unto themselves and have their own stories and so I think that that's why it just works for me um, is that I I can picture them in my mind um, they have their own backstories and and their own lives and so they um, they don't cross back and forth well, Robin, we again want to thank you so much for joining our show. We have less than two minutes um, till our, our next commercial break. But your newest book, The Heart's Pursuit, we want to encourage just our readers to add that to your reading list. And we just so appreciate you, like you were, you know, just the conversation talking about what's what's out there and what the things that you're writing from your heart and developing these characters. And what is really special about your books is you take the reader on a journey like that's physical journey, but also an emotional journey where you, you work through emotions. And I always appreciate that in a book where it challenges me. And I learn through the character and through the storyline, I learned something that I can apply to my own life. And that's what you allow us to do through your book. So we just appreciate you and, and just the time that the discipline that you take to, to make your books happen and all that's coming about. So we just, again, thank you. And we can, our readers can find out more information on our website. Uh, we have your information on our site. It's Robin Lee Hatcher, and the new book is The Heart's Pursuit. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversations just about reading and summer and stories and learning and growing, because Patty and I are getting ready to go to attend next week the Global Leadership Summit, where we're going to be introduced to more books, and that's always such a great way to to learn at, by reading and hearing stories. Well, a Lady Montague said, no entertainment is so cheap as reading, nor any pleasure so lasting. And I know Patty and I so enjoy a good book, and we enjoy talking to authors such as Robin Lee Hatcher. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. 
If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central, Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We are talking about summertime and great books. And we just finished talking with uh, Robin Hatcher and her latest book, uh, Lisa and I, we, we can't challenge you enough to grab a book. And I, and I love what Alan Bennett says. A book is a device to ignite the imagination. And I also think not only does it ignite the imagination, you can feel so encouraged just by reading a book and, and looking into somebody else's life and how they live that life. And I know, um, one of my favorites, by Francine Rivers, Mark of the Lion, there's a character, and her name is Hadessa. And just going through reading that, it was so encouraging to me. Um, I, I'm always in awe of how God will use books, will use movies, will use people, um, just different ways to encourage you at different times. And, and I know, you know, the ultimate is God uses his word. And we should always be in into God's word. And we've actually talked with certain people who will say, I don't, I don't like to read. I only read the Bible. And, and that is phenomenal. I just know I like reading the Bible as well as reading other, other books to, to grow me. And I was thinking um, this weekend, Lisa and I are actually leaving and going to a leadership conference for women. And, um, with that, I was supposed to share just how to something on encouragement. And when I think of encouragement, I think of just how many times I was encouraged through just picking up a, a book. But it also made me think of in college, I had a college professor that came to me and said, you are going to make a horrible teacher. And you, that's what I was getting my degree in. And you're lazy, and the only reason why you want to be a teacher is to have summers off. And I just remember how, I mean, that truly just sliced into my soul. And, you know, years later, I, I've actually had conversations with her in my head where I wanted to go back there. But, um, you know, and just share with her how, how much, you know, her words hurt. But it was interesting because I, I did end up, after I graduated, I went into the airline industry. I did not go into to teaching, or it was very short-lived. And I got a tap on my shoulder saying, you would be awesome in this department as a corporate trainer. And I ended up teaching, but doing that in at the corporate level. And um, just those people that came along, they mentored and they 
tapped her on the shoulder, they also said, hey, check out this book. You got to read this book. And just trying to read as much as you possibly could because it would just grow you. And so I just want to talk about in this, this next segment and just encouraging. How can we encourage others, especially as we go along and we're doing ministry so many times we just think of the token when we say, how do we encourage each other? Because we, we know it's a command. I mean, God truly says to be obedient. We are supposed to be encouraging each other and lifting each other up. And we get so busy in our world that it's easy to, to miss that. And we think, you know, making someone cupcakes and bringing them next door, that's how we're encouraging others. And it's so much, I mean, that's awesome, especially if that's your gift. I am not dogging that. Uh, Lisa, I know you're laughing because you know how often I bring cupcakes um, to people because I'm such a wonderful chef. But I, I'm i just saying that the encouragement so many times, it's words, it's telling someone, I value you. Therefore, it's that tap on the shoulder, especially in ministry that says, your gifts would go really well here. And so, um, Lisa, just give me some of your thoughts on just different ways we can encourage each other, even beyond what books to read. Well, first of all, I've got to say, I've never received a cupcake from you. And I'm still waiting for that encouragement for a cupcake, but I'm okay. I'm secure with that. Uh, You know, one of the things I have learned about encouragement, and because encouragement, I we both love to encourage women um, because we like to receive encouragement as part of it too. We know the value of that and encouragement is not often given. You find that, but what the thing I do appreciate when somebody does encourage is being specific in your encouragement. Instead of saying that was so great. You did such a great job. Go, I really appreciated when you did this and, and kind of break it down into what about them did you appreciate? And that is also a great way to learn to grow because somebody says, I really appreciate when you did this and you go, okay, then I hit the mark on that. Because so many times we do things and we go, did that even make a difference? Did that even matter to anybody? And so when somebody values that or, you know, brings that up, you go, okay, I guess that was a winner. And then what else is something I can and work on? Because also I think encouragement comes from learning what not to do as what to do to help you better grow as a person. When somebody takes that time to truly pour into you, I think that is a form of encouragement. And I know we appreciate that a lot because you do want to grow. And the moment you stop growing, you just become stagnated. And I know for both of us, we never want to be that person. And so we know the value of encouraging leaders and because it is discouraging sometimes when you're, when you are leading, when you're out there, you know, what, like, you know, we're talking with Robin, Lee Hatcher, it's like, you know, anytime you're doing anything and you're putting your work out there, um, people feel the freedom to come back and to, you know, criticize it and dice it up and, and whatever. And so we do need to be each other's cheerleaders and really encourage each other and, and what that looks like. And I know even doing this radio show, we have our sound engineer who, um, Karina, we just got to tell you, you're such a great encourager and we know you can't really talk back, but I think you can, you have control, um, of the sound, but you, uh, you are such a great encourager to us as we do our show and always just giving us those little words and snippets. And that is just like that raw, raw. So that always, that's such a great thing. So we just appreciate you so Aww. much. And we just want people to know how much, um, you are the wind beneath our wings as we do this radio show. So thank Aww, you so much, but you. it is having those people in your life because we all have a lot of people that don't. 
So um, I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I well, exactly what you said, because realizing that relationships truly is the essence of, of leadership. Um, so many times we think we can just get things done and just plow through. But if you're not looking at the people that are you're influencing, then slowly you're going to be influencing less and less and less. But when you're looking around those that are following you, those are exceptional leaders. They're the best leaders are the ones that are, are breathing in. Um, letting those around you, uh, like you said, bringing value to them and give, giving them specific feedback. Um, I, I think, too, just that authentic encouragement when when we're just and, – and sometimes it's hard because you just – it's like, oh, great job. And you don't really know specifically what they did to make it a great job. You just know that went really well. And so it's, it's hard. You, sometimes you have to dive deep and – and figure out that specific encouragement because when we believe in someone, it gives them reason to, to live up to that value. So when we give them that specific, you know, I just, I love the way you organize all these thoughts. When we give them that, then the next time those thoughts are going to be really organized because now they know the value of what they, they bring to the table. And, and I think too, as a leader, you can't encourage unless you're listening. And so you don't know how to encourage that person until you have your ears open to go, this is what this person right now is feeling discouraged with, or this is where they're feeling inadequate. And if you're a leader that's just, once again, plowing through, then you're not able to acknowledge, wait, if I hear her or him saying X, Y, Z, this is how I can breathe into them, or this is how I can have others breathe into them, or this is how I can give them a task to for so they, they can take on and be able to build on that. Um, maybe it, it's all about them stretching out of a comfort zone to be able to reach that next level um, so they can also be better leaders and better at inf influencing others. So I just think it's so significant for us as leaders to make sure we're challenging um, those around us in what great books to read to, to help them become better leaders, but also believing in them, listening to them, and giving specific feedback, like you said, Lise. I also, um, you and I are big on the personality temperaments and learning an individual's love language. So share a little bit about your love language because that helps people encourage when you know what they need for that encouragement. So share what your love language is. Well, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because, we, like you said, we, we are big um, advocates and students of, of learning other people's love language. So many times... We respond to other people through our own love language, and we miss the mark. We're not really connecting with the other person because their love language is so different. And, and you know, words of affirmation are such a huge um, one for me. And so I think that's why this encouragement, um, I, I just want to know that I'm hitting the mark to keep going. And when you don't get any kind of feedback, like you said, it is hard to keep going because you're like, I don't know that this matters. And I am so wired that I want to know that something is significant and what I'm doing matters that if you don't get feedback, sometimes you just, you tend to go, okay, it, it, 
no, it, it doesn't matter. And I'm wasting my time and then you don't do it. But, you know, just taking this whole thing of, you know, inspiration and encouragement and where we're talking with books today and, uh, and all this. And, you know, it's so interesting. Like you said, you can learn, you know, through the story is such a great way we learn. And these characters when you're learning. And, you know, I, I know I'm kind of jumping tracks here, but we're talking about encouragement. And books are such a great encouragement to to see something differently or, or to affirm, like sometimes you have an idea, it's like, I think I want to do this. And then you read about somebody that did it or you read about it and it kind of encourages you to go, okay, I, I've just kind of been given permission. I can, um, I'm not, I'm not too far out there in my thinking, even though, you know, Patty, you and me are way out there sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes you just go, okay, maybe I can do that. So we really do learn through characters and stories and, um, and, and through the books. And as we said, you know, sometimes it's hard to physically read a book. And there's so many options now with Audible and different ones to find that. And, and just finding the encouragement through books and through just, you know, opening up again, like, you know, Robin Lee um, said earlier is, you know, using your imagination. It's like trying to, you know, tap into creativity to find that encouragement. And maybe you're not getting it in a certain way, but how else can you find encouragement? Well, we so appreciate you joining us today on our show. We appreciate our guest, Robin Lee Hatcher. And we just want to encourage you to continue to to read, to gobble up, to talk about books, to even form a book club where you're just conversing, going, here's what I learned. And I know next week, Patty and I, when we attend the Leadership Summit, that's what we love to do is debrief and go, what did you get? And what did you get? And, and kind of bring it together to make us better. And that's what it's all about. So... Books are such a great way to grow as a person. We just want to continue to enjoy reading and happy reading. And we'll talk to you again and share with some of our tips. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.